So I was a 16-year-old kid. And uh, in the church that I was at, I was sitting somewhere. We had like a youth section. You guys ever seen that at like a church where all the youth, sit together, all the students sit together? And we had like a student section, and we were having what they called a revival. You guys ever heard of that before? Revival, right? Like it was, we had, it was like all week. It was kind of like a staycation kind of deal, but it was just at night, we just came for the preaching. You guys imagine staycation without all the good stuff? And just, uh, Sorry, I didn't mean that. But just, just the preaching. So we'd show up, and maybe sometimes they'd feed us dinner. And uh, we had a speaker, and I was sitting probably second row somewhere in there, right around that area. And I, I don't remember what the speaker said. I don't remember anything, really, about that night besides the Lord talking to me in that moment making himself very clear that I was his. And, and he called me in that moment. He reminded me of the fact that I was a sinner. I was in desperate need of a savior. But that God, he loved me so much that he willingly laid down his life for me. And, and that sacrifice that he gave was so much and it was worth so much that he rose from the dead, that he defeated death. And because of that, I could have new life in Christ. Now, I'd grown up in church. My dad was my youth pastor. Like he, we didn't just get the stuff at church, guys. We got the stuff at home, too, okay? My kids don't know anything about that, right? But we got that stuff all the time. And I had, I had made many professions of faith in my life. But there was something about that moment where I knew that the Lord had gotten a hold of my heart. And my life was not going to be the same after that. The pastor there, he invited folks to come forward if they were willing to turn their life over to Jesus. And I kind of had this game going on in my head where I'm like, well, I've already done this. I'm the youth pastor's son. This would look awfully weird if I went forward. But guess I was like, I got it. This has to happen. I want to make this known. I want to make this public that this is the real deal this time. So I came forward and I walked right past the pastor because I knew my dad was standing outside the, the door. And I was going to go find my dad and pray with him. Gave my life over to Jesus. And I remember the moments after that going, I mean... I had kind of played this game before, but now what is this really going to look like? Like if my encounter with Jesus in that moment was as real as I remember it being, like how was, how was my life going to resemble this new commitment that I had made to Jesus? Now what? I, I, even though I had grown up in church, I felt kind of super confused. And I don't know if you guys have ever felt yourself in, in a similar situation like that, where you're just going, man, I, I would really like to dive in, but I don't, I feel like I'm walking with two left feet. I don't even know how to do this. I need some clarity. Well, I love it that your pastor has decided this summer, as we've kind of walked away from uh, hopefully many of you making decisions this summer, making, making choices that are going to follow Jesus more and more in your life where you're looking to do that and you may be asking the question so 
So what does it really look like as I walk this out? Now, the good news is God didn't just leave us hanging. He didn't just say, well, you'll figure it out eventually, and then I'm just calling you home anyway, so you'll be okay. He didn't just leave us out there to figure it all out by ourselves. But he's kind of gathered these things around us. He's given us his word, which is precious. It's precious. You guys, I mean, Mike talked about it last night or last week, but like God's words recorded for us so that we have them. That's incredible to me. And then we have this thing that we're going to talk about tonight, prayer, that we see all through scripture, of how we can commune with God. And then I believe next week, they're going to talk about also this community of believers that we have. So as I began to try and walk this thing out, I knew some other Christians that were, in my, that were at my school, and they invited me to begin reading the word. They, they taught me how to pray. We gathered together. We started to share this great hope that we had with other people. And I, that's just grown more and more and more as I've followed Jesus. So we're going to jump in tonight. I'm going to read uh, this sentence for you, see if we get it up on the screen. It says, Adam's sermon. I did, do I got a, time, a countdown? That's okay. Hook me up though, because I got two goals. I want to talk through as much of this about prayer as we can, but I also want to get done faster than Mike does. So drop that down another eight minutes, definitely, if you can. Okay, cool. Let me, read, let me read this for you, though. A strong framework for your walk with God is a relentless and constant commitment to prayer. It's up there on the screen, but I want to read it one more time for you. A strong framework for your walk with God is a relentless and constant commitment to prayer. As I follow Jesus, I've seen the value, the strength, the faith that's come with a commitment that's been re relentless and constant to prayer. So we're going to define what prayer is first. I got a couple definitions as I was looking it up for us tonight. Definitions include simply just talking to God. How many of you guys feel like that's a good, good way to describe prayer? Talking with God. Yeah, 100%. Conversing with God. All right, it's the same idea. Uh, it is, I like this. This is from gotquestions.org. You guys ever check out that website? It's good. Got a lot of good information there. It says, it is the communication of the human soul with the Lord who created the soul. I like that idea of prayer. Billy Graham, you guys ever heard of that guy? Okay, good job. Prayer, he said this, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. And then a guy, John Piper, don't know if you heard of that guy. He says this, somebody's very excited. Okay, good, good. Prayer is the open admission 
that without Christ, we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that he will provide the help we need. Prayer humbles us as needy and exalts God as wealthy. If you know anything about John Piper, he can't say anything quick. Some things that prayer is not, it's not meditation. It's not passive reflection where you're just going over and over in your mind the same thing that that you're thinking. You're just kind of letting that roam through. It's not that. I like this. I don't know who said this, but I like it. It says, I pray, not wish, because I have a God, not a genie. You guys hear that? He said, I pray, not wish, because I have a God, not a genie. As we think about what prayer is, we also have to recognize who God is. You can't separate the two things. Because if you're going to define prayer, you've got to understand the person that you're having that conversation with. And if you ever begin to think that God is in some way, shape, or form on your level, like, it, like he thinks like we think, then you don't understand what the Bible says about us and who we are. But God says that there is a way that the Bible says that there's there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Right? God it says about God's ways, they are above our ways. So as we're conversing with God, we need to remember who He is, what He's done, and also who we are and what we've done. Gotta remember these things. So let's look at what the Bible says as it seeks to define prayer. Uh, Genesis 4, 26. This is the first time that prayer is mentioned in the Bible. And this is the verse. It says, To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So the first time we see this idea of prayer in Scripture, it's defined as calling upon the Lord. To to look at that a little bit deeper, I mean, it it just goes with life as we journey through it, right? There's moments, I don't know about you, but there's been moments for me where I'm just, I'm just calling upon the Lord. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing think most of us do it more when it's bad stuff right you guys with me and then like oh man things aren't going very good oh yeah God (laughs) how can you figure this out for me right but we call upon the name of God also Moses in Exodus 32 he implored the Lord somebody say implored good job you guys can talk with me too it doesn't scare me at all I don't know where you at Eva I need a good come on (laughs) or not that's cool thank you Moses implored the Lord let me read what scripture says it says but Moses implored the Lord his God and said oh Lord why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Thank you. 
uh, original language here is it talks about this idea of imploring. It's actually talking about to be sick or to grieve. So as he's coming before God, so get this, as we define what prayer is, right? Moses is going before God, almost sick with grief, begging God, why God, why? You guys ever pray like that? That's how scripture defines prayer for us. Sometimes it's grieving and asking God why, imploring. Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 15 says this, but Hannah answered because they thought she was drunk because <laughs> of how she was acting. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety. And get this, vexation. I challenge you this week to use the word vexation. To be vexed. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, her prayer is described as a pouring out of her soul to God. So as we think about our conversations with the Lord, as we think about prayer, as we go, man, how, how do I live out this Christian faith? How, do, how am I faithful to walk out the things that God has called me to do? Well, as we, as we pray, we have the great opportunity to pour our souls out to God. And what we find here is God listens. He hears. He moves and he works. All through scripture, we see God moving and working as people pray. This is Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Paul wrote, that prayer includes letting your requests be known to God. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplications, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will what? It, it's gonna guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus, right? He says, don't, don't be anxious, pray. Why? Because what's prayer? It's, it's this opportunity for us to bring our requests to God because he hears us. And there's something that happens in those moments as, again, we remember who God is and who we are, his abilities and our lack of ability. But as we remember those things and we, and we know the separation and what God's able to do, he begins to work in those requests and the peace of God that transcends all understandings will guard our hearts and our minds. We gotta go faster. Second Corinthians chapter 12, seven, nine talks about prayers, pleading, listening, and adjusting to God. This is Paul speaking about his experience. He says, so uh, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of revelations, 
a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I want you to take notice of how God not answering Paul's prayer the way that he wanted him to. Uh, Quick word. What I notice when I see prayer in scripture is that God always answers prayer. There's never a time where we go before the Lord with something that he does not answer. It may be in a way that you don't like it. It may be in a way that you didn't want it to happen. It may not come at the time that you were expecting it to come. It may be delayed. It may have already happened and he reveals it to you. Hey, I already did that work, bro. Right? But all these things, prayer is always answered. Always. God honors that. He hears us and he answers. Now look at what this does for Paul's faith as God chooses not to answer the prayer in the way that Paul wants him to answer it. He says, you know what? I'm going to glorify God even more. Now, by the way, Paul, my dude right here, like he was able to, like he had done some crazy things as he prayed to the Lord. He saw God do some amazing things, healed people. Paul prayed with them. Demons leapt out of people, right? Like all this stuff we see in scripture. I'm not making it up, right? But he prayed three times, I guess, with the same intensity for his own self to be healed of whatever this thorn was. And guess what? Nothing. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, Man, you let me heal Sally over here the other day, but you can't do this one thing for me. So I, I'm trying to be faithful to you, God. Like, I'm trying to run this race. You said, now what? I just start praying, trying to make this happen, and it's not working out. What's going on? Ah, but Paul stays the course. Not only does he stay the course, but his faith grows. So what is, what is prayer? It's a pleading. That's what we see Paul do. He pleads before the Lord. But prayer also gives us opportunity to listen and then adjust to what God's calling us to do. Gives us an opportunity to trust that he's in control, that I'm not. So I want to look at how to pray. 16:55. Okay. How to pray. Luke chapter 11. We're going to read a big old chunk of scripture, but try and break it down for us a little bit. Luke chapter 11. I don't hear nothing turning. You guys getting there? You good? Okay. Just making sure. Because they said they weren't going to put my scriptures up on the screen because I had too many. They told me I had too much Bible tonight. I know. And they would not help me. Oh, wait. Okay. That's what I get for clowning. Okay. 
That's okay. It got up. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, looking good. Starting in verse 1, it says this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, you guys heard this one before? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, except not in this version. Give us this day, verse, verse 3, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. So notice here, as we talk about how to pray, Jesus addresses God how? How does he address God? As the Father, right? Now, what we know in Scripture is that Jesus... Oh, pretty much always addresses God as Father. But later on, we'll see a passage where Paul says to lift up prayers uh, to the Holy Spirit. Lift them up uh, to Jesus, right? So we get this idea that we, we're not just, pray- I, I think it's important for us to understand the relationship that we have as we pray. That God, like a good father, we'll see here in a little bit, he takes care of us like a good father. But he, he's recognizing the fact that there's a triune God, right? And, and we lift our prayers to him. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody say, well, we only pray to God the Father? You guys ever heard that before? Okay, it's just me. Never mind. Keep going. It says, uh, it's right here. It's 1 Corinthians 1. It says, uh, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sac- uh, sanctified in Christ Jesus, call to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. Call upon him. This goes back to what we saw in Genesis chapter 4, so I'm a little geeked out about it. I've been excited about it all week. I've been telling people, I was like, hey, check this out. If he, or Genesis chapter 4, 26, where it says, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And then we see in 1 Corinthians, as Paul writes, and he says, hey, well, they call up, the people who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. thought it's kind of cool. Always looking for stuff about the triune God, because we got to get some uh, other folks right out there. Anyway, no, just kidding. Can I complain for a minute? Y'all know, y'all know Pastor Mike asked me to talk about prayer. That's all he told me. Just to talk about prayer. I said, can you give me like any more, like narrow it down just a little bit more for me, bro? Because I, I mean, I could talk anyway. So this is my talk on prayer. All right. I got 12.52 left. Okay. Verse 5, Luke 11, verse 5, it says this. And he said to them, which of you has a friend uh, who has a friend will go to him in midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer uh, from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I don't know about you guys, but... 
Maybe one day you're going to have some kids and you're going to feel exactly like I do. If you come to my house after my kids have gone to bed and my wife begin this sacred time where my children, I love them, but my children are gone. I love you. But you need to stop sometimes, right? So my children are gone. It's me and my girl who I married. These children were birthed to me. My wife. I picked my wife. Just throwing that out there. We're on the couch. It's me and her. We've barely talked to each other without somebody interrupting us since we've been home together. This is our time, our wonderful, God-given moment, right? And usually we watch TV, but okay, anyway, but so we got this moment, and you show up and wake my kids up. Now, praise God, they're a little bit older, but when they were younger, if you would have woke up my triplets... There's, there's a special place in heaven for you. That would have, that would have just, that would have been terrible. Shh. You see what I'm talking about? But he talks, we didn't have time for that, but I thought it was funny. So he says, I cannot get up uh, and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, Scripture says, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. So Jesus, so it's, get the, this is fun for me. Like they say, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We want to know how to pray. Jesus says, well, here's an example for you on how to pray. Right? And he lays it out for them. And then he goes, so he gives this illustration where this neighbor won't leave this other neighbor alone until that neighbor gives him what he wants. He's showing up and won't go away. The neighbor said everything he could to try and say, man, you got to leave me alone, bro. Like, I, I need some space. You got to go. I, everything's shut down. I ain't got sugar. Like, it's not even here. Like, after the persistence, the dude's willing to run to the store real fast to go get sugar for his neighbor so that his neighbor will leave him alone. That's how we pray. I don't know. Uh, Luke eleven five to 8. That's how we pray. Picture, do not point at the most annoying person in this building. You're supposed to pray like that person drives you crazy. It's a good example. That's why God puts annoying people in our lives. It's so we remember how sometimes we annoy him, but he answers. Anyway, that's not why he puts annoying people in our lives. I'm just making that up. Jesus was encouraging people to pray relentlessly. Somebody say relentlessly. Good job. Verse 9. And I tell you, 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Um, Come on. on. Um, And then I'll read this to you. Verse 11, it says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, Give him a serpent. Some, some scriptures say a stone. Uh, they ask for bread and you give them a stone. It says, uh, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I, maybe... It talks about here asking, seeking, knocking. Or that's like that's how we pray. We go after him, asking, seeking, knocking. Some I, I don't know. Some of us are scared to pray, like to ask God for things. You guys ever felt like something you wanted to ask God was stupid? My wife, when we first got married, she used to pray for our cat, Kiki. We got a cat, Kiki, and it was a mean cat. It was very mean. And she used to pray for the cat, and I would sit there and go, this is stupid. People are dying and going to hell, and we're praying for a cat. And she prayed that the cat would be a loving cat. We did have a lot of people in our house, so we, you know, people come over. We would need a loving cat for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel. And you know what? The Lord did to me just because He gives me a hard time sometimes. He like the cat became like one of the sweetest cats I've ever known in my whole entire life. Like it was just a sweet cat. Like I, I was like, man, that. But the point is, ask, seek, knock. Like some of you, according to scripture, you're not experiencing certain things in your life that you hope for, that you want, because you're not willing to go to God relentlessly about it. You're not willing to ask. Don't, I mean, I know you want that Ferrari. Go ahead and ask. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're not going to get it? That's silly. But the point is, sometimes we go, no, man. We got to trust God. We got to go after it. Or you could not ask, right? But how many of us want to not experience things in our lives because we were worried about whether or not what God thought when we asked? Doesn't he already know what's going on in your heart anyway? Now, what's cool is, is as we express those things to God, he begins to do a work in our hearts. He begins to reveal some things to us. He may answer no, he may answer yes. But it's according to his will and his way. Some of you are asking for a snake, but you think it's a fish. And that's why you're hearing no. Just want to bring that up tonight. Like some of y'all, you think you, you think you got something going on. Man, God, just please. 
Why won't you give me this? I'm being persistent. I'm doing all the things that scriptures say. I'm praying the right way. Why isn't it working? Because it's not a key that unlocks the door. Remember who he is. Remember, he's the one that dictates these things, not us. What else? Okay. Rapid fire. Here we go. James 1.6, it says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So how do we pray? We pray with faith. And by the way, the more sure we are that the thing that we're asking is God's will for our life, the more faith we have that God's going to come through in that. So we should be seeking to understand God's will for our lives so that as we pray, we can ask God for things confidently in faith. Some of the reasons why you guys aren't asking God for things is because you're not sure, oh, is it God's will that I would ask he'll reveal it really quick or maybe it'll take a long time but that's according to God's will right ask then at least you can confidently sit there and go okay he's not providing that that's obvious you can be like Paul was well it's just a thorn in my flesh I'm going to praise God for the thorn in my flesh but you can go at him with it he wants us to he desires it of us. What else? First Thessalonians, I said rapid fire. I lied. First Thessalonians 5.17, rejoice always. Without, uh, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How do we pray? With rejoicing. We pray without ceasing. All, all the time. That's why I, I like the idea of it being a, a conversation of my soul to the one who made my soul. Because that, that, that can happen all the time. All right? Maybe challenge yourself as a believer in here. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, if, if he's your Lord, if you're sitting here, how do I, how do, I do this long obedience in the same direction how do i how do i live this out and you're saying man i just i want to engage god in prayer more maybe challenge yourself to like catch yourself every time you're not just bringing your thoughts and reflections before the lord we used to play a game back when i was a you know younger and it was essentially called the game. I don't even know if it's still around. Yeah, so by me just mentioning it, you all just lost the game. You may have not known that you were playing the game, but you just lost the game. All right? Everybody say, darn, I just lost the game. So as soon as you stop thinking about the game, you are currently in the game. But when you think about the game again you lose the game you guys follow me okay so it was kind of funny like we used to I had a friend I messaged the other day I was like hey dude I just lost the game it's been like 15 years since I talked to the guy like that was the that was the, hey so that's kind of fun anyway uh, his response was dang I just lost the game too 
let's get coffee. Anyway, but I think about that as, as far as our prayer life, right? Like that's, that's how, that'd be a fun way to look at it. That'd be a good way to engage God. Like any time where you go, all of a sudden you realize, oh man, I'm not conversing with God right now. That means you've lost the game. So just re-engage in the game. Then, as we do, eventually it rolls off again, and we just re-engage. Man, wouldn't it be amazing if we got to the point, guys, where we're just not walking away? To walk in God like that, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Something for us to shoot for. It also talks about giving thanks in all circumstances. I think one of the best things when I'm scared, when I'm hurt, when I'm walking through life, man, and it's just, I'm feeling it. You guys with me on that? Like, it's just the weight of the world. One of the best things to do is just begin to go before God with all the things that I'm thankful for. I tell my kids that, you know. They go, it doesn't work. You're not doing it right. That's, that's keep going, because you don't stop. If you don't stop, then it works. So we pray rejoicing without ceasing, giving thanks. Uh, in, Ch- in Jude 20, 21, it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So he says, as you pray, we we pray in the spirit. I think I skipped it. Yeah, up here, Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the spirit, he helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So we get this idea that, that the Spirit actually is involved in the prayer process of helping with that communion between us and God. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We need to lean on him. How do we pray? We lean on him as we go before the Lord. The life of a Christian is lived in the Spirit. We don't walk away from it. Ephesians 16, verse 17, 18 says, and to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Pray all the time in the spirit for other believers. I don't know about you guys, but when we go to our small group here in a little bit, we're going to take time to talk about things that we can pray for each other about. And I'm, I love our, I love our group. You guys rock because what, what I know is, because sometimes you guys share it in text, but like I know that you guys are praying for me. Like that, that gives me boldness. Knowing that, look, think about it. That brothers and sisters in Christ are going before the God of the universe on your behalf. Like they're actually taking that time to go before God. 
and say those things, asking the same things that you're asking God for? That's a beautiful thing. That's why he's given us each other for this opportunity where we can come together before the Lord. It's wonderful. So how do we pray? We make sure we're praying for other believers. John 15, 7 and 8 says this, this is Jesus speaking. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified and you will bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I like to think of prayer personally as this abiding with God. Where I'm abiding, I'm asking, I'm trusting. I'm relentlessly connecting with God. Remembering who he is. Remembering who I am. Prayer is this great opportunity for us to just look at our amazing God and be changed more and more and more and more and more and more and more. To his glory. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. Because all of this is unlocked because of that great gift of salvation that he's given us. Right, because he died, buried, came back to life. We're free to have access to him. So we can bring these things before him who can do anything he wants. <laughs> He's only bound by his own self. We can go before him. So if you're in here tonight and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite, I'd love to talk to you as you go up to your small group. Find, find a leader. Just say, I, I, would, I would like... I would like to be sure that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that I put my faith and trust in him. They would love the opportunity to talk to you more about that, 100%. I hope as you walk away, to, like I just gave you a million passages of scripture and I would have loved, like, this ain't my, this ain't my go at it. Like I don't like, I like one passage of scripture and I like to dive into it really deep and just pull out everything we could. From. Like I just basically read a whole bunch of passages of scripture and was like, there's a thought, there's a thought, there's a thought, there's a thought, there's a thought. But hopefully there's something there that you guys can use as you seek the Lord through prayer. Amen?